Blog Talk Radio. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. Hello and welcome to the Great Liberators radio broadcast on Block Talk Radio. I am your host, Kenya White, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amiri Brown. Amiri, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can, can you hear me? Doing? Yep, I can hear you. I'm doing. I'm, okay, I'm doing. I'm doing good. How, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk okay, about yeah, this. Right, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good show today. Actually, on the the second half, um, toward the end portion, we're gonna have an interview with um, Michelle, the the purple poet. She's an author and she's a poet, and so um, she's someone that I met on um, on Facebook, and um, you know she does she has a, a great body of work, a lot of insight, and so we'll just be asking her some um, her some questions and, and maybe even get some of her thoughts on this anti-black woman fervor that seems to be uh, sweeping at, at the very least social media. And, you know, that's the, the, the uh, you know, the, the topic of the day. What's, what's behind the rise of, of sodomirism? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What, like, what, what are some of the, oh, I'm oh, sorry. sorry. No, I just wanted to uh, tell people that we are um, we also have shows on YouTube, and that under the username The Great Liberators, they can see our other uh, broadcasts, the other shows that we have Absolutely. so far. Absolutely. Yeah. And I and I know yeah, that then, you know the, these first couple of shows have been have been black men heavy with the you know with the with the critique and the criticism. But that's only in an effort to to restore some semblance of of, of balance to the discourse when we talk about um, the condition of the black community. Because I think, uh, as I, as I've been constantly saying, I think that um, black women have been scapegoated to um, to a certain extent, 
and and really what what that is is that it's easier to 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 blame and scapegoat black women than it is to to face the actual fact of why we're in this this quagmire because the reason why we're here is because we're dominated by a by another male group and we call that white supremacy and it's easier to to um project and to have animus to to black women who are beneath black men socially than it is to actually stand up to a force that we haven't been able to um, effectively combat for for the last 500 years. Right. And it was was the plan of white supremacy. And so many many guys understand this, that it was the plan of white supremacy Mm -hmm. to turn the man against the woman and the woman against the man. So to get sucked into this, you know, detrimental sodomayorism, um, right. it seems like they're walking into it with their eyes wide open. Right. And, 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 and you know what's, what's really interesting and, and what's funny about it is that sodomayorism seems to be par- paralleling Trumpism. And, and what Trumpism is, it is the backlash that white society has to towards the the election of Barack Obama as president, something that would have been viewed as inconceivable prior to 2000 and 2007 or 2008 or 2009. It was something that was seen that would, would never happen. And when it did happen, it sort of shook white, uh, a portion of white America to its, uh, to its core. And so yeah. that's how come also within the same time period you've seen an explosion in the number of white nationalist organizations, and so mm-hmm. I, I, at at the end of at the end of it all, what, when we talk about sodomirism, I think it's um, it's uh, it's about um, economics. I think you know there's uh, uh, this idea that black men have that that they're being left behind by black women. And the demonization we see that they do of black women is is, is what typically occurs when you uh, when you're you're competing against an, another group for resources. And that's why I, I like I, I always say how how are black men going to um, going to demonize black women for being dependent upon a system that they're dependent upon too. Like that's that's the whole thing. How how are you going to be mad? For at black women for being dependent upon a system that you're dependent upon, like like what 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 do you expect? Like what what do you want them to do? And so that's 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 one of the main things I've noticed because you know there's a sea change coming in a, in a, in America. There's a demographic shift coming. Uh, the economy is 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 shifting to a to a more uh, advanced technologically advanced um, uh, economy where jobs that typically would would be jobs jobs for men like blue collar jobs and skilled labor jobs it those those things are kind of like shifting and so i think like that has a lot to do with it because when you talk to to some of these brothers like they they make that's the argument they're essentially making whether they realize it or not or whether they know it or not and that's why i also said that anything that anything that benefits black women outside of them they demonize it as opposed to Viewing it like, well, if it helps her, it helps me, and it helps it helps the family. Yeah. We don't view it like that for some reason. Right. You know? 
And also, um, and it, going back to I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, going back to the point you just made about black men being mad at black women for um, getting help or relying upon a system that they also rely upon. Um, black men are mad at it's a lot of black men. I won't say all, but some black men right. are definitely mad at black women for re- relying on the system. But black men have not, and this is nothing, you know, that speaks to their character. This is just what it is. Black men have not been right. able to provide solutions and provisions that would enable black women to not, you know, need to rely on the system in any kind of way. And that's whether it's getting any kind of social service assistance or going to them for employment. We don't have right. enough small businesses employing our own. So, you know, no matter what station in life you are, you are still dependent on the system in some way. And until black men are able to provide us with our own little economy where we can just deal with each other and, you know, not have to rely on the system. I don't understand where this anger and animosity is coming from. Uh, right. And, 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 and again, what it, what it is too is like, there's this, this, this view and it's something that's been promoted by, uh, by a lot of black scholars, I say within the last 40 years where, you know, the black man is targeted by the system of white supremacy and they say that, which I, I don't disagree with that, but they say it as if, as if the black woman hasn't been targeted. They say it as if the black woman has been given a pass to a certain degree, and, and, and that's simply not the case. The system of white supremacy has been just as hard on her, if not harder, than it has been on the black man. And just because the black man is the most targeted, it does not mean he's the most vulnerable. And to yeah. sit here and say that, we're, that we're, now we want to come back and leave, but our leadership is coming back to take black women down a peg because when we were, because when we were to put it frank on the bullshit, they were in the media saying they couldn't find any, any, any good men. So now we, we're going to take them down a peg. What type, like what type of beta logic is that? That's not, that's not, not leadership because let's be honest for the last 40 years, black men have, have left a lot uh, to be desired from, uh, of black women. And that's something yeah. that we need to be, that we need to be honest about. And, Not and, to mention the fact and, that a lot of the people that they want to chastise about what black women, I've heard that same thing too. Black women went on Oprah and right. they said, you know, brothers ain't this and all this kind of stuff. But when, when I see guys online and they are chastising mm-hmm. women about that, you know, we are not that generation of women who were doing that. So for guys to be saying, you guys just don't want to take criticism, you just don't want to be held accountable, I cannot be right. held accountable for what somebody else's mother did in the 80s. My mother didn't right. go on over. My mother never taught me right. men aren't this or that. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and then, um, not only that, who the hell are you to hold somebody accountable? Like, who are you? Who are you to hold a whole, an entire group of women accountable? This is what I don't understand. You've dropped the ball. You've been dominated by, by, by another male group for the last uh, 500 years. Not black women. How come you, how come you, wanna, you, want, you have more animus and animosity towards black women than you do white women or you do white men? And, the, and they've been at the, at the helm of your degradation and oppression. And, it's, and, and, and in my opinion, it is a character flaw. 
because this is the problem. We we like we don't have no concept of putting laying our lives down for our women. Like when I was talking to Bill Burnley and he said this is the first generation of men who could actually protect black women. That's not true. We always have the ability to, to the ability to protect black women. We just didn't have the ability to survive it. And, and and if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. That's what men do. So for all this talk about man training, uh, these these concepts for some, for some reason elude a lot, elude these brothers, and that's why that's why I tell them that they're emasculated. And it's sitting up here worried about what benefits um, women get from get from the government while sitting on a on a pedestal of some type of male superiority. If 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 you're a man and you're a male. Why are you comparing what the what, what the woman gets from the government as if you should be getting it? Like I said, they're in competition with black women. That's not leadership. Mm-hmm. And um and, and Tommy Sotomayor, he's he, he he's um a cancer in the community and, and not only that, he has no credibility or, or moral authority to chastise women. At one at one point in time in, in in America and in the black community, you had to have some gravitas in order to to, to uh to lead somebody or to chastise somebody or to finger wag somebody. How are you gonna sit here and right. talk about single mothers and 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 seventy percent of these brothers? That's just the uh, arbitrary number I'm throwing out. Have kids out of wear a lot too. Like you're you're the other half of the equation. At the end of the day, men build families and men build communities. Period. And 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 and, and, and what's driving this baby bastard culture is black men. Um. Elevating cheap sex above family values. We don't even have family building principles in place, but talking about the the, the destruction of the black family. It's it, it, it's total garbage what the uh, what they're saying, and they don't want to have an honest conversation about it. Any any conversation that takes place that doesn't soothe and satiate their ego is, is off the table with them. It's off the table because when we talk about holding a black woman accountable, tell me in what way have black men been held accountable that black women haven't? Give me an example. Like what do you, what do you mean by accountability? What you're really saying is black men for the last 30 or 40 years have been under attack by the system of white supremacy. They've been dragged uh, in the media. They've been cast as super predators by Hillary Clinton while, while black women have been, have been applauded to a certain degree. So let's get this straight. What you really want to do is since because white supremacy hasn't been hard enough on black women, you want to be hard on them. That's what they're really saying. And that's why I keep telling them um, in the group, call the show. Call up so we can discuss it so I can give you this intellectual verbal chin check because that's not leadership. It's bullshit. And it pisses me off because we have our people out here dying in the streets. Instead of them really standing up and, and being leaders, they want to, they're more interested in executing some gender war. Right. Yeah, I definitely have noticed it's, that. Right. It's it's it, it, it's it's bullshit. And um, you know, like I was saying, it, uh, you know, Tommy Sotomayor saying saying all the things. He, like, okay, like you know, he talks about black women wearing makeup. He talks about black women wearing hair. But the beautification of the uh, of the female body is not is not something new. That goes all the way back to 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 um. To, to Egypt, you know, like, does. how come? How, why? Why? Why is it a negative thing when 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 black women do it? Why? Why is it a negative thing? So so it's so it's, it's not even about that. It's it, it's about them. Like I said, it's about them socially subordinating uh, the black women, the black woman. 
and it's it, it's it's uh it's insidious because what it's doing is it's creating an entire generation of black boys coming up already viewing black girls as inadequate when they when, when we talk about mates. Yeah, they're good enough they're good enough to be fox and to be um, sexual conquest for black men, but they're not good enough to be suitable mates for black men unless they put themselves in a uh, self-deprecating disposition. That's not what these. What, what that's not leadership. It's not, and and, and yeah, it's not going to be effective in restoring the, uh, the, the 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 black the black family. To, and to sit here and to pretend like women, uh, black women just. They fell for the gender trap. No, you've been elevating gender above race because it's all you've ever had, and nobody never wants to tell the truth about it. We won't even challenge sexism in the, in the black community, within the black community. All we do is make sisters feel bad about it by using, by using race, as if just because black men are black and black women are black, they're entitled to black women. You're not entitled. So what are you offering? What's, what's the plan? What's the agenda? For instance, you know, there was a, a highly circulated video of Umar Johnson on the Breakfast Club talking about, you know, interracial marriage and how a black man should marry a black woman. But everything that he was saying was totally ingratiating the, the black woman to the black man talking about the black man's struggle. What about her struggle? Right. What about her? You see, she's there for you, but who's going to be there for her? And we got to and, mm-hmm. and, and we gotta, uh, challenge these guys for this. Because uh, because that's been the historical precedent. We have not been there for black women like we should have been. And we have to own that. But instead of owning it, we create a zeitgeist to, 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 to remove blame from ourselves and, 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 and put it on, on women and white supremacy, but we want to hold the women accountable for it, but not white supremacy. What type of, what, what, what type of logic is that? <laughs> it's not logical at all. Right. It, 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 it's really not. And, you know, like I said, it's, a, uh, it's an insidious, it's an, in, in, it's an insidious thing that, that only serves to, to perpetuate the dysfunction that they claim they're trying to abate. Because those, well, you know, those are some of the things that, I'm sorry. I don't. I was just going to say at this time I'd like to go ahead and give out the call-in number in case people are listening and they would like to join in the discussion. That number is six four six five six four nine eight five eight. So you can just call in and then you want to press one on your keypad to let Amiri know that you want to speak. But I did want to go back to um, when you were saying ingratiate. Um, black women to black men with the way they speak. Um, I often hear a lot of men telling women that they need to make sure that they are speaking life into black men and that they are going to be his peace. And I don't see any of that, you know, coming from them towards women. I don't even see them, you know, and I'm not going to say I have never seen it, but it is rare. It is very rare that right. you see, you know, men talking about speaking life into women, uplifting, empowering, and being her peace. You know, because we're both right. going through this racism thing, and we're go- and the women we're going through the sexism as well. You know, we need some peace. Right. So it's 
Right, so it's compounded for women, but, but scholars, these so-called pro-black scholars for the last 30 or 40 years, the way they conceptualized the, 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 the issue of, of white supremacy, it ingratiated and oriented everything, everything around the man in an effort to uplift the black man, so I get it. But, you, but when they did it, they did it as if it's a zero-sum game, as if black women don't go through the same, uh, the same issues. And this is what has created... Uh, generations of self-sufficient, uh, strong black women. And you have these emotionally dependent, emotionally underdeveloped black men. It's not the single mothers. It's the entire cultural narrative. It's the mythology that we labor under. See, because mythology for every culture serves as a point of reference and a point of, of uh, emphasis to give, that, to give a certain amount of, of, of power intellectually, spiritually, culturally. So when, so when our mythology says that, that it's, it's about the black man and the black man has been hazarded by his woman and by, and by white supremacy, well, then it creates a disconnect. It creates, a, 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 like I said, a, a, a disconnect, a, a breakdown. And, and, that's, yeah. and, and that's what we're seeing. Since the end of miscegenation laws, black men have, date, have dated and married outside their group more than any other race. And, right. and, and, and so we already have it where black women have to have to compete with with uh, with other women who are who are who who black men have been viewed to view as um, they've been conditioned to view them as in, in, innately uh, supreme or superior. And so to sit here and act like the black woman has been given some past is bullshit. It's total garbage. It's total garbage. And and you know, people tell me, well, you you pro woman or you pro man? No, I'm pro us. So it's, it's so it's right. gotta, it has to be about balance. And you don't restore balance by now saying, well, we was drugging the media. The white man been on our ass for thirty, forty years. Now it's your turn. Y'all been getting the pass because that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Let's specify what what do you mean by accountability? In what ways have have black men been held accountable that that black women haven't? You've been discriminated against with housing, so have they. So have they. You've been discriminated against in employment, so have they. You've been accosted and profiled by the police, so have they. So what exactly are you talking about? And and and, and they need to be brought. They need to be brought to task for the things that they that they say and the ideas that they espouse. But we know that they're, they're not going to call up. Yeah, they're not well, going to call up. What you said about zero sum game is is so true because I've noticed that in uh, the comments that I see online a lot. You know, one person brings up what's going on with them as far as the oppression and the the racism, the brutality, all the things that they are going through as a black person, and then mm-hmm. the opposite comes, and you know, and it's like we it's like we can't even acknowledge each other's pain and oppression because we feel like that in some way takes from what we are feeling like to for a man to acknowledge the oppression of women does not negate any of the oppression that black men face i don't think a lot of them understand that right but yeah and but they but they um you know they act like it they act like it does you know they act like it's um it's a it's a, a zero 
um, game. And even, like I said, and this is how come I say what I say about feminism, I don't give a damn what anybody says, because at the end of the day, let's, let's, let's just be frank, the white man is in the true alpha male position in America, and to a larger extent, globally. So every woman was subject to his misogyny and his sexism, not just white women. So if, femi- if white women needed feminism, black women needed it too. But because of your ego, you don't want to acknowledge that fact. So you want, and so in the, in the interest of your ego, that you hide behind the issue of race, you want them to ignore the, the, the blatant sexism that they face from the apex sexist. Because that's what they're saying. But nobody never challenges, on, challenges them on, this, uh, on these, ideology, on these ide- ideologies. You know what I find peculiar about black men, and there's a lot of them, the stance they have on feminism? I need somebody mm-hmm. to explain to me the cognitive dissonance of, of a black man feeling like, Black women were ruined by white feminism, that they completely turned their Mm -hmm. back on black men and then feel like the solution to that is to date a white woman. Now, I'm sorry, but the women that you're dating right now, aren't these the granddaughters of the women who pioneered the feminism movement? How can they be inherently better and they were born and bred, you know, at the kneecaps of the very women who started the movement that you say has completely destroyed the black community. How is that possible? Right. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. It's a very great point. And, and, and like I said, it's it's a, it's a, um, it's a zeitgeist. And I'll just be honest, like in, in my view, the, the greatest hindrance to black progress has been the so-called uh, black power movement. That's been the greatest the, the, the greatest hindrance because what they the things the ideas that they promote and that they um and that they perpetuate are are are, are part and parcel at the at the, the core root of, of why we can't make progress like what you're saying because like when they when you demonize you know femini- uh, feminism like they like they do and you don't contextualize what black black women were going through to cause them to need it. This is what it is what it creates. That's what it creates. Uh, this this um you know this 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 zeitgeist. Because for instance, like when we talk, I was talking about the 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 family structure and the way they, it was um, when we had the high marriage rates. You know, the reason why black people had was was doing good in marriage is because of the Christian values they espoused, and uh, and something that we don't account for. In the 70s is the rise of Afro-centric ideas about relationships too, that aren't necessarily predicated upon ideas of like fornication, for example, or premarital sex, for example. So you have to look at that at all the factors. You can't just demonize welfare, and the only reason why you're demonizing welfare so if if you can make welfare the culprit, then you could turn it back on the black woman. Which is that's who you really want to socially subordinate the entire time, right? That's who you want to socially subordinate the entire time. But there also needs to be some accountability for you know the person that you become. I don't believe that you know you are just 
you know, put into a box based off of the circumstances of your birth. Um, you know, what Tommy Sotomayor does is he, you know, just basically condemns generations of children because of the conditions of their birth. And I think that is one of the very detrimental effects of having someone right. speak the way he speaks. It's not just harmful in the way people see black women. It's harmful in the way people see black children, which in, you know, black children also, exactly. it, that includes little black boys who become black men as well. So to what Tommy is doing, it's not just negatively affecting black women. It's eventually affecting black men. You cannot speak, because honestly, if, if, if speaking um, life and peace is so integral, then him speaking failure and destruction, you know, saying that, you know, the the children of single mothers are, you know, basically they won't amount to anything, you know, that is harmful. These children have access to the Internet. They have access to his videos, to, you know, people are sharing things. There are groups on Facebook. You know, eventually those children who he would call a bastard are going to hear mm-hmm. what he to say, and they're going to see that there are legions of black men. Not now, these same black men, these are the people that these children look up to as elders in the community, or they shouldn't because they're bad role models. Right. But I mean, traditionally, when you think about the village mentality of the way black people have been living, the older males are the elders, and that's who you should look up to, especially for a young man to look up to and aspire to. And if he's telling you that not only are you, you know, not worth anything, you you have no potential, you're going to be a killer, a, a criminal, you know, a thug, you'll probably be a deadbeat dad yourself, your mother's a whore, you know, you have, you know, right. no hope of finding a successful um, relationship with your natural female counterpart. Um, he is essentially, you know, dooming them. And how much more helpless and hopeless could you be trying to make a person feel? I mean, I feel like right. what he is doing to the community, it, it's tantamount to verbal abuse. Right, right. And but, but, you know, like even when we talk about the outcomes of children who are born to single mothers, we tend to want to ignore the socioeconomic uh, economics because and this was the this was the knock on the Moynihan report when he made his report back in the 1960s and mm-hmm. up until that time social scientists understood that that economics drove um, degeneracy so to speak that mm-hmm. the, the lack of economic opportunities uh, abject poverty these things caused certain um, pathologies within a within a within a given community or group. What Moynihan did is he turned and he said, "No, it's not. It's not the 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 poverty that's call it, causing these pathologies. It's the pathologies causing these. Uh, it's the pathologies causing the poverty. So he so he basically." Uh, reversed it, and, and so like when we talk about you know the outcomes of of even even the single mother dynamic in that in that context is a result of the soci- socioeconomics, even that, right? And 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 that's something that we that we um that we want to ignore. And what it suggests is that 
that these behaviors are somehow endemic to 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 black people. That's 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 what you're what you're suggesting. You're suggesting that these um that uh, dynamics and, and pathologies like um uh, uh single motherhood like um criminality you're saying that that they're inherent they're inherent to blackness and that's why i said a lot of these things that these guys say it, it's it, it's it's white male rhetoric that's what it is and then they wonder how come uh uh an uh, uh, article comes out calling them calling them the the, the white men of 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 black society right they wonder you know they wonder why but 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 uh you know but but that's why because everything they're saying is classical white conservative male rhetoric and in in the nineteen eighties with the Reagan revolution and when they incorporated the southern strategy, they uh promoted the stereotype of the black welfare queen who only seeks to just make babies just so she can get all these benefits from from um from welfare. And like I said, there's no empirical data supporting it, supporting what 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 they assert about welfare. Because at the time when you had the initially there was a spike in welfare, but then the numbers begin to begin to decline. And at the same time that you had the numbers declining with welfare, you had the numbers for for uh, out of out of where like childbirths going rising. So and, and even now, like black people comprise 32 percent of welfare recipients, yet we have yet we're having children out of wedlock at a clip of 70, 72, 73 percent. So the numbers still the numbers don't match. They don't match. So it's not it's not welfare causing that. There there are other there's nuances and caveats that that have to be uh have to be accounted for when you look at what deconstructed the the black family as opposed to just blaming it on welfare. Well, Tommy Sotomayor is not helping in that instance because he definitely, um, he's been vocal about the fact that he has children that he is not um, involved with. He has a daughter that um, lets the public see, and he seems to be involved with her life, but he has sons as well. And his sons have come out online to say that he is not involved and, and he's not helping support them. Right. right. Uh, if, Again, you didn't it's, mind, it's, it's a, if you didn't mind, I wanted to uh, see if I could play this clip of something he said. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead if you could play it. Oh, is my computer freezing now? Let me refresh that. Yeah, and that's why I said we're going to have to go point by point with a lot of these uh, these issues and uh, when it comes to this 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 white guy they want to promote and perpetuate and deconstruct them and tell the truth about them and like I said again it's, the show isn't aimed at at bashing black men it's not that's not that's not what the aim of the the, the show is the aim of the show is to restore balance to to the discourse that that takes place and to be constructive but it, but before we can before we can build or construct something we have to deconstruct the myth the myths and the uh the 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 ideologies and concepts that seem to pervade so called black consciousness that puts all the onus on on the black woman 
If men are going to lead, they have to be out front and lead, mm-hmm. period. You don't lead yeah. by, by, by single wagging and blaming. That's not leadership. You lead by example. And the first thing that, that any man can do, including um, myself, like the things I say about black men, like when I talk about the failures of black men, I'm including myself in that. That's including me, too. It's including right. me, too. Uh, but is, 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 is apply certain principles within your life. Stop trying to be a uh, put. Stop trying to be a a, a, a Mac or a Playboy and and horn out these sisters and get to a, and, and get to a sister that that want to build and, and and settle down and build a life that way. That's the that's if you want to you want to end the, the baby the uh, baby bastard culture. Do that, but you don't want to give up your 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 cachet of 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 uh, easy accessible coochie. That's the problem. You don't want to yep. give that up. So you want you want a nice stable of so called thoughts. And then you want another stable of, of 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 ladies waiting on your waiting on your beck and call when you're ready to settle down because you know that viable black men are scarce. You know that. But then, like we were talking before, when women were on TV saying it was hard to find find a good black man, you want to take exception as if black men was just lining up to be husbands and fathers. No, we were on bullshit. I'm as a group, generally speaking. Yes, yes, we were. This is this is this is how come where 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 uh predominantly under under the control of the criminal justice system. It's not like they just was random, rounding up random black people. So we have to account for our behavior too. So don't tell me about holding the black woman accountable and you won't even accept basic uh, concepts of that. Because even if you bring that up, they gonna, all they're going to do is blame it on um, white supremacy. Because even like I had said before, I said, how are we going to be mad at, how we're going to be mad at, Hillary Clinton for calling black men super predators, and we've been rapping and singing about super predators for the last 20, 20 some odd years. That's true. We have to be accountable for our, for our actions first. Excellent point. We have to be accountable for our actions first, and and, and if we, if when we talk about accountability, if that's not the the aim or the or the the goal, then it's a it's a it's a non-starter. Did, did you, were you able to get that clip up? Yeah, I think I'm ready. Okay, okay yeah, go ahead and play it. All right. You fucked that kid's life over. I'm not even going to try to be around that damn kid because that kid has spent 20 years around you. That kid has spent 30 years around you. You niggas would be stupid if you even try to get close to a motherfucker that's been under a bitch that don't like you. Do y'all hear what you be, hear what you're saying? You would try to get close to a kid that all he knows is what that bitch has been telling him about you. I wouldn't even trust that motherfucker in my house. You gonna go to sleep with a nigga that mama done told him you ain't shit. You gonna go to sleep, this nigga's in your house, and all he knows is you ain't shit. You gonna let him hang around your other kids who you treated well. And now all they get to say is, you, you were there for that kid and not me. And you're going to let that motherfucker hang around your kid? They're going to kill your kid. Go ahead and let that motherfucker that's resentful of the fact that you ain't been there hang around your family. Hang around your... Go ahead. <coughs> See what happens. See what happens when you let this grown-ass nigga in the house with your new wife. Okay. Um, what I have to say about that is, not only is he 
you know, he's not advocating for men to be a part of their children's lives initially. He is saying that if you find yourself in a situation where you have not been involved, he's saying just, you know, shake the dust and just, you know, let it fly. He's not saying that you should ever try to reconcile with your child. And I'm sorry, you know, I know that um, it is wrong to mm-hmm. say, you know, horrible things to a child about their parent. But if you truly believe that somebody is doing that, what? How can your how can your response to that be to prove them right? To just stay gone, right. not only stay gone, f you and f her, you know. And you know, I never want to be a part of your life. You know, he he continuously referred to his own child as an mf'er. You know, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But this guy, right. when you look up. When you look him up, it says that he is um, a YouTube personality, but it also says that he is a father's rights activist. So what right. kind of, you know, father's rights to, to call his own kids <laughs> in effort? How is that right. father's rights? Because as far as I knew, a father's taking, you know, his rights back would be to go to court. You know, if you impregnated a woman who does not think that, you know, your presence is needed in the child's life at all, then don't you owe it to that child to do what you can do as the father to make sure that you're there to provide a positive masculine um, energy and role model for their lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Tommy Sotomayor, he's someone who, who suffers from uh, what I call uh, misplaced animosity syndrome. And, and what that is, is that men like him, they, because they, because they, they never knew their father. So their father for them exists only in the, only in the abstract. And so because he exists in the abstract, they're able to project uh, well-meaning intentions on the father. They're able to sympathize with the with, with the father, whereas the mother, for them, they're able to see the the, the flaws of of the mother concretely, the concrete flaws of um, you know of the mother, and they have that animosity uh, animosity that should be directed at the the father who's the absent a, absentee parent and who didn't care enough about them to be in their lives, and they take it and they and they redirect it to the mother. And this is what has created the ideology of, well, you should have chose better if you knew that man didn't want to have a kid. If that man didn't want to have a child, that's what that man should have did. Number one, either not have sex, or number two, use protection. That's very simple. Like, how do you, like, why do you think you have some other option outside of that if if you get the woman pregnant? The, the The simple thing is, don't get her pregnant. That's right. a, that's a simple thing. Don't don't get her pregnant, you know. And and uh, so that so that like and you have a lot of men running around here, you know, like that who have um who have you know animosity for 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 their for their mother that should be directed at the father who didn't give a damn enough about them to to be involved um in in their lives. Like once you and I and I spoke about that before that at one time the cultural standard in America was that if, you know, as a man, if you're out there and, you, and you're playing the field and, 
and you get a woman pregnant, then you stepped up you stepped up to the plate. That's something that you did. You stepped up to the plate. But now we have this um we can see the social de evolution uh within the black uh the psychology of, of, of black men. And not just black men, but just men you know, men in general because they don't understand the Roe versus Wade decision. Like when we, when you talk about a woman's right to choose, it's not talking about a woman's right to choose opposite the man. It's talking about a woman's right to choose opposite the government because it, it because it, it shows how white men were able to institutionalize their misogyny and sexism the same way they were able to institutionalize their racism. So why why do you even have a problem with that? Right. Why do you even have a problem with that? And but like but again it goes back to they don't understand. They don't they don't understand the, the, the Supreme Court decision about abortion because it's not like abortion wasn't a thing that was happening before before that uh Supreme Court case. Abortion was, was, was the people were having abortions and men and women together was making those decisions. That's not something that's that's ever changed. So the whole thing about a woman's right to choose, it's not talking about it against the man, it's talking about against Against the government, and 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 all anybody would have to do is just read the read the case law on it, and that 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 that's evident. So how are you going to be yeah. a, a a father's right act rights activist and don't even understand uh understand the issues? And and from when I talked to him, you know, briefly on his show, he was filibustering, and I gathered that he 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 has no more understanding of these issues than. The men on Facebook who promote his his ideology. Right. Well, concerning the issue of the way children of single mothers turn out, according to Tommy Sotomayor and others like that, um, you know what they say? They say that you know you can't blame the father for the way a single mother. You can't blame the absentee father for the way a single mother's child turns out because the father wasn't there. But what I want to say to that is, you know, and I can't take credit for this, Derek Jackson, a a YouTube personality, said this. He said that if two people need to move a couch and one person abandons it and then the other person moves the couch by themselves, if that couch gets to where it needs to be, but it's a little rough around the edges, has a scratch or scrape or whatever, do you then blame 100% of the condition of the couch on that person who stayed and actually moved the couch? Or do you, <laughs> does you know, some accountability lie with that person who completely abandoned the mission and, you know, left that person to move the couch by themselves? You know what I'm saying? Like if you make a cake, and you don't put eggs in it, and you know that the eggs are integral, but you don't put the mm-hmm. eggs in there, and the cake turns out horrible, you know, some of the fault has to go to the fact that the the, the eggs weren't put in there. Right. The, ab- the, the absent the absent party uh, party wasn't you know wasn't wasn't there. And like I said again, it just it goes back to you know the. The standard of, of of manhood that that's prevalent today, and, and like I said, the issue with with manhood is not that it's not it's not abundant. It's that's one of the issues, but the other issue is that when it is present, it's it's often not effective, and it's based on um, misconstrued and, and ill advised um, ideology. Right. 
you know, and that's that's um, you know, that's something that's uh, that's 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 prevalent. But um, I, I, the calling number is six four six five six four nine eight five eight. Um, we're going to be transitioning pretty soon to to a, a friend of mine, someone who uh, you know, who I met on Facebook. She's a, a she's a self-published um, author and poet, and we're going to be uh, you know just getting getting some of her her thoughts on um, her, her books and, and stuff like that. But yeah, um, what are some of the other things that you've noticed about um, this rise of of uh, of sodomirism as I've coined it? I noticed that a lot of what men are holding against women of today stem mm-hmm. back to events that took place, you know, generations ago. And I think right. that is just really ridiculous to be expecting women nowadays to, you know, apologize and prostrate themselves before you or whatever you're expecting them to do about somebody right. else's grandma who took some food stamps in the 60s. That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> And, 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 yeah, and, and you know what? the thing about that, too, is, you know, some of these dudes are some true bite the hand that feeds you type dudes because they know that right. they have eaten some food bought with food stamps. Why are they being so hard on their grandmothers? Those grandmothers, while, while Grandpapa was out there being a rolling stone, those grandmothers were mm-hmm. doing what they had to do to make sure that your parents and your aunties and your uncles weren't starving. So how right. you can now because you know what? You know, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, when you told me about the the interview that him and him and Jesse Lee Peterson had, um, yeah, it was it, the, the Coon Commission. I went and mm-hmm. watched it, and and one of the things it goes back to the analogy you just made about the sofa, and one of the things he was saying about how come he, the reason why he's so uh, anti. Um, Black woman is because black women have been in have been in charge of the community for, for you know for these this amount of time and he said that um, so look at the condition of the community so we have to hold them accountable but again it goes back to the fact that men have been missing in action men have been missing in action and 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 like and like that's why I said the condition of the black family and of the community is a ref, is in, and the condition of the black woman is a reflection of our value system. As men, I, we had a, we had a shift in values, and and I think that's indisputable. And and even like we talked about on the on our last show, with the you know the rise of the the pimp caricature, and the whole black uh, exploitation you know movie genre that um, you know glorified that type of uh, black male and the way he deals with with his woman and. We even see those themes playing out today. You know, like I said, they've coined an entire word for a man who who simply respects women, or even if he wants to put his woman on a pedestal, they call they call him a simp. They call him a simp right. as as if doing that indicates some type of weakness in his character or in his manhood. So that, and that's why I'm saying that the 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 way we conceive in, in uh, manhood and masculinity is skewed and is and is off too. And this uh, giving rise to machoism and you know masculinity 
with without the benefit of manhood is moot. And and that's why I said that's what's missing. As black men, you know, here it is, they'll blame black women for weed and talking about where they, they building up the Asian communities. Black men have had access to billions of dollars by the way of sports and entertainment. And they have yet to build one goddamn community. But you want to sit here and blame black women for, for uh, uh, them buying weed is the reason how come you haven't built nothing? Now get out of here with that garbage. Like you, like you can, you can listen to it on the radio. You know, like you have, like you know, the sports figure or something. And the radio announcer, yeah, ladies, come to to club risk and you know being VIP with uh with with, with you know who, whoever the the, the sports the, the sports or entertainer is. So you haven't been exactly putting value on building up the black community or putting value on building up family or putting value on. Black women. That's what I'm saying. The entire argument is disingenuous. Like, who who are you to want to hold black women accountable when you haven't, and you're not being held accountable? Who's going to hold you accountable? You haven't been on the job. Right. You haven't been on the job. And 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 in the course of of me dialoguing with these brothers, I come off sounding like a feminist or that I'm bashing black men because they want to totally exclude and ignore the facts that I'm bringing up, and I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you do that. So, you know, as the old adage says, says we're in this together. We're in this together. Uh, black women hold no no more guilt than black men. That's my, that's my point. Like, I, I understand that there's, you know, issues with, you know, with our... Uh, with, with our with our sisters, but those things can be over can be overcome if black men really take up the leadership position and lead, and stop making excuses uh, not to lead. And I think what more black men need to do as well is that they need mm-hmm. to adopt the same village mentality that they tell women to adopt. You know, I right. think a lot of times when men are thinking about you know it takes a village. They're thinking about, you know, a bunch of women, you know, cooking together, cleaning together, watching each other's children, <laughs> but they're not thinking of themselves as being part of that mm-hmm. village, being role models, providing uh, manhood training, you know, uh, having a checks and balance system where they hold other men accountable when they, you know, you know, throw away this whole idea of bro code because bro code has been keeping men from holding mm-hmm. other men accountable. The bro, exactly. bro code is exactly. a code of silence. It's not a code of conduct. It's a code of silence, and it's detrimental. Right. It's hindering our progress. It, it, and, and you know that's that's absolutely right. And that's why I said that the upstanding good. Don't don't talk about how come. Well, black women just haven't been. They've been choosing thugs. They've been choosing the thug guy. Don't and you know good and well we have a culture that makes a woman's uh, choosing. An exercise in Russian roulette, like you, you like we, we understand that because that's why I, that's why I said uh, quantify what's a good man. How do we quantify what's a good man? We what has to be uh, addressed is the cultural norms that 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 we've adopted, and and that's why I said that you can uh, uh, this, uh, this it, it, just because something is normal, it doesn't mean it's ordinary. Meaning that it, it that's not the, it doesn't mean it's ordained. You can normalize anything. They've normalized white supremacy, but that doesn't mean it's ordained. So that's because, and, and, and that's what we've done. We've normalized dysfunction, and then we want to act. We, the only dysfunction that we're, that, we're willing to call, that, that we're willing to call out is 
the result of the dysfunction that we've initiated with the way we behave culturally as black men. And nobody can say anything about it because it's going to hurt his little bitty ego because his ego is so is is is, is so shallow and so soft. Nah, man, I'm I'm gonna tell the truth about it. I'm gonna tell the truth about it. We have to address the way we behave before we can talk about addressing the way uh, black women behave. Like I even had one idiot tell me, um, going basically, he basically said black women, you know, chose. Drug dealers. So I said. So I said. So you're telling me that all black women chose chose drug dealers? Man, get the man. You know, like it's 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 so stupid and such a retarded um, philosophy and outlook that it doesn't even warrant you know any um it doesn't even want warrant any attention. Right. See, well, we got we got um, 33 minutes left for the show. When, when we get to when we get to the last 30 minutes, I'm going to bring on um. Michelle, the purple poet, and before I do that, before I bring her in, I'm going to play um, one of one of the clips of her um, of her poems. But what were you about to say? Well, I well, <laughs> I think we were on the same page. I was thinking there are some things that I jotted down concerning our healing because we can talk about this stuff all day. All we do is blame game, but we need right. to talk about you know what we can be doing constructively that is going to, you know, change the trajectory. And I wanted to go ahead and get these thoughts out so that, you know, okay. the poet has plenty of time to speak, if that's okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, so fine. a couple things I jotted down is that I feel like we need to promote and encourage black love. And right. we need to be celebrating positive black unions as much as we are condemning the failed ones. You know, I think we right. need to make sure that we are providing our children with positive role models of the opposite sex, and we need to be discussing issues like this rise of sotomayorism with them. I mean, you know, keep it age appropriate, but I'm saying we should not be just assuming that they're oblivious to this because this stuff is being shared like 40 Gorn North on the Internet, right. and they are going to know about right. it, whether we want them to right. or not. If they're online, they'll run into it. Um, I think we need to realize that changing larger community issues starts in each home, in each relationship. We cannot change the community without changing the family because all the community is is a collection of families. So we need to be loving each other intentionally, you know, knowing that we are setting the example for our children and for other children. All of us are running around here saying that, you know, the fathers are not in the home. These children have no role models, but none of us want to be that role model. You know, we have right. to be showing them a better way. We have to be right. showing each other in a, in, a, in a loving relationship. If we're trying to model something to aspire to, we need to make sure that we are treating each other with the same level of love, respect, and fidelity that we expect to enjoy right. from that person, you know, and then right. we need to stop this self-fulfilling prophecy thing that we're stuck in of, you know, hurting people and then throwing them back into the dating pool and then complaining about all the hurt and damaged people that are in the dating pool. Right. You're right. That makes sense. And, and acting, right. And acting as if, you know, there's something wrong with, with with being hurt. All that means is that is that you're human. But um let me go ahead and play this um this clip. 
it's kind of low, so just bear with me. Um, and after I, and after I play it, I'll bring Michelle, the purple poet, on, and uh, we can start that interview. Okay. Let's be selfish. Baby, we were dealt this. Hell of a hand it. Just you and me or so, I believe. I don't want to share cause you take me there. I ain't going nowhere. I want to be with you exclusively. Let's be selfish and consider only us. Each one obsessed with the other. Connected by love, not just lust. Let's consider no one else and just be concerned with self. Love each other till there's nothing left. I would never look for another. Let's be selfish. Let's mix business with pleasure. There is no way to measure how much I'm feeling only you. I'm seeking to take advantage of your heart that has been damaged. Let me show you what a selfish love can do. Let's be selfish. I'm stingy when it comes to you. Things no other man will do. Let's be covetous and indulge ourselves to prove how prejudiced and greedy we are. Self-absorbed, unshared, and restricted. So far, sharing only you with me and me with you. Let's be selfish. We won't ever be lonely. It's you and me. Only. A relationship confined and restricted. Everyone else is prohibited. And there is no room for jealousy. I'm selfish when it comes to mine. I've waited a lifetime to find who makes selfish love so easy. Let's be selfish. I need a lot of time and attention. And did I fail to mention? I need lots of love and affection. We have a strong soul connection. We're tied together spiritually. With you, I act so selfishly. I'm all in. You absorbed in speaking egotistically. Wow, that was awesome. Uh, Michelle. Yes, I'm here. Okay, you're here? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I just want to say welcome to the, the, the Great Liberators uh, radio show. Um, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Kenya. Kenya, you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Hi, Kenya. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, how are you? I enjoyed your poem. Thank you. I know it sounded, uh, sounded a little distorted. <laughs> but but I, I mean I mean when when the audio was when the audio was is 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 crystal clear. She's uh it it, it it's dope. It's a dope poem. I I like it. Um, just t- tell um the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, you know what you do. I know that you're a you're a self-published published author, right? Yes, sir. Um, well, I am a teacher by trade. I'm currently mm-hmm. in kindergarten, um, but I've taught Head Start most of like 22 years, or it's been like over 22 years, but it's mostly been uh, Head Start and kindergarten and pre-K. Mm-hmm. And Aww. I... <laughs> and I published my first book in 
2014. Okay, and that's that's good. And you're telling me that that your your daughter actually has uh is an author as well. Yes, she just published her first book. Um, the book came out last month. Okay. Well, yes, yeah. yeah, so yeah, it, so it, this, it this runs month. in. Right, it runs what are the family. Um, what's <laughs> okay? Which which question? Well, you you can ask. Uh, she 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 asks what what's the name of uh, of the book? Of uh, my book, both. Yeah, your book. Um, my latest book is Poetry for Your Soul, and it's oh, Yo okay. Y O Poetry for Your Soul. <laughs> And my daughter's book is Praying, Praising, and Potty Training, Life of a Single Mama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um so like bring bring me through take walk us through the um the process of what it was like um you know do, doing your book the way you um conceptualized it and then you know and then and then carried it out. Um well, this this last book, like my first book, I really wasn't writing a poem to intentionally write a book. I was just writing what I felt. And right. when I when I wrote uh, the poems for my first book, you know, I would just write like anytime, anywhere, whenever the words came to me. And, you know, I would write on paper bags. I, I would write on napkins, just, you know, wherever I was. And I would um, put the poems in my memo on my phone, just, you know, wherever I was at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of my friends who was a, well, she's an author. She's also a poet. She um, she told me one day, you know, that I, sh- she was like, uh, should write a book. I think you should just put these poems together in a book. And that's what I did. And with this last book, I had started writing these poems actually right after I published my first book. It was just like, you know, when the words come, I just write. So some of these poems I had started writing back then, and mm-hmm. I just, um, like with the turn of events in my life, because that was when I wrote the first book, that was after my divorce. And I had started right. writing my second book at that time as well, the unrelationship book, and that's I kind of talk about my marriage and you know trying to help other women look for the red flags, look for the signs, you know that something may be wrong. Right. right. So you know I was like writing all these things at the same time, and just um, the poem for this last book just came. Um, like over that span of time from mm-hmm. 2013, 14 until this year. Right. And, and you, just, you've um, actually had a, I'm sorry to cut you off, um, but you've actually had a couple of uh, of, of book signings as, as well, right? I've only had one book signing for this last book. And you just reminded me that I was supposed to call the man at the library because I was trying to get, um, (laughs) trying to schedule a book signing there. And Mm -hmm. I won't be able to do Barnes and Noble until next year. Right. And so like, how do you handle the marketing side of, of your book and just getting that, that exposure out there to, you know, because, 
it's it, I mean, in order for it to be like a, a, a successful venture, people have to know about it. And I think that, you know, like if people know about it, then, you know, they'll 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 buy it. They'll uh give it a shot. Like especially from, you know, the, the, the poem we just played, like I said, it that's a that's a dope poem, um, all by itself. So like what are some of the marketing strategies and, and things that you've been using to just uh get the book out there and get that get that exposure? Well, like right now I do not have a marketing team, so I am my own marketing team. And I use platforms like your own, uh, doing the blog talk radio shows, um, TV shows. I, I did a, a TV show with my first book, um, mm. speaking events whenever, you know, I, right. I hear about events where, you know, it may be an author's event, author's extravaganza, and I can go and talk about my book or talk about domestic violence, then, you know, I will reach out and try to attend those events. Um, and I, I think I reposted a meme today that Urban Authors had posted, and it said that books mm-hmm. sell by word of mouth. And I think it says, so right. um, open your mouth or get to talking or something like that. It was the gist of it. But, um, yeah, just like telling other people, like other people who have purchased my book, getting them to you know, tell their friends, like, now, you know, it's holiday season, you know, you can right. purchase books for gifts, and my books will right. make great I get Christmas and Kwanzaa gifts. Right, because it, 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 it's on um, it's on Amazon, right? Yes, it's on Amazon, and the ebook is on uh, barnesandnoble.com as well. Okay, yeah, because I've been saying I was going to, um, I was going to buy it, from um from uh Amazon, but I'm gonna do that tonight as soon as I finish this um this this broadcast. Um, so like, what are some of the tips that you could give to like you know like aspiring authors? You because you know you you and I have talked and I I have some ideas about some you know some books that I that I I, I might wanna wanna write, but it seems like for me the hardest thing is to figure out like the, you know, the, the writing style and then not only the writing style, but like how would I go about um, getting it, getting it published to actually uh, get, get it out of, to get it out there. So like what's, what's some tips you can give to like kind of streamline and and help the process? Well, if you have the money, of course, you can always go to a publishing Mm -hmm. company and they will do Mm -hmm. everything. But I'm just recently finding out, um, from another author that I spoke to a few days ago that publishing companies don't do any promoting of your book. So even if you go through a publishing company and they edit the book and publish it and push it out, you still either you're going to have to promote it and market it yourself or you're going to have to hire a PR team (laughs) to do that for you. So, you know, if you do that, then you're still – coming out of more money, you know, you money for the publishing right. company and then money for the PR team to promote your book. But um, CreateSpace is a great place to self-publish your book. And I've tried Lulu. I've tried um, Pronoun. And then Pronoun just recently sent me an email saying that they are going under, that they could not 
fulfill the needs wow. of the authors. So oh, wow. they and I'm just recently like really hearing about them, but now they're going under. They sent me an email saying that they were going under. So, um, but out of those, I mean, I haven't tried it some more, and I forgot there's one more that mm. I know one of the groups that I'm in on Facebook, they were talking about it. Um, I mm. can't even think of the name of it. Something with a D in it. I can't I can't think of the name. But out right. of the, the ones that I've used myself, Lulu, Pronoun, and Create Space, Create Space is the easiest. And then your books are on Amazon automatically mm. when you self-publish. Oh, okay over create space mm-hmm. and then um you just and then you can upload your EPUB on um Kindle Direct Publishing which is also under Amazon. So your books are automatically, you know, on Amazon when you do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh you know what I heard that it's actually better and more lucrative uh for for the author to, to you know self publish. Because you know, like, you know, like even the way, like, um, you know, the music industry has shifted with the way it does things, and and with how beneficial it can be to an artist. This is how come a lot of artists, especially in hip hop, are going independent. Um, I've heard that it's the same way with, um, you know, with with with, with writing a book. That is, is is basically better to be, you know, self published and independent with it and you know like to handle your your own marketing but let me ask you this to what extent has your um background in education uh helped you with you, you know with, with with your writing i would assume that it's something that you know that that has helped significantly i would assume so ha- has that helped you um you know in in, in your your writing endeavors well, I have always loved writing. I've always loved poetry since I was a little girl. So, um, like, English was, like, one of my good subjects. So I've always, you know, liked the writing part. Um, and I, I actually wrote some poems and some short stories when I was in elementary school. And, like, back during that time, Atlanta Public Schools would publish uh, poems and short stories from the students that were in Atlanta Public Schools. Mm-hmm. I do not know where my book is now. So they had like a big, thick book where they gathered poems and, and stories from all over the Atlanta Public School system from different kids. And I don't know right. if my mom still has that book, but it started, you know, at a young age for me. And then even when I went to college, like English, I was an A student in English. I loved so that, you know, Kind of help in my background, right? <laughs> my background in education. Um, well, like I said, I've been in early childhood education now for over twenty-two years, like closer to twenty-three, mm-hmm. and um, I am just now writing my first children's book. I started oh, okay, yeah, because I was I started back in two thousand fourteen after I wrote my first book. I, I I had the idea like a long time ago before I ever wrote the first book. I had the idea because I um I work for Fulton County Schools right now, and I had worked for them before back in I think I started with them in 2007, and one of my coworkers that I worked with she could draw, and I and I you know I loved how she was drawing. She was just like capture. Images, if you gave her anything, she could draw it. And, like, all the other teachers would 
teachers would have her draw things for them. So I told her one day I had not written one book at this time because this was probably like mm. 2008, 2009. I didn't write my first book until 2014. And I told her, I said, when I write my children's book, I want you to illustrate it for me. And then I ended up right. leaving Fulton County Schools, I think, in 2010. And I just went back this past August. And then when I went back, I found out she had passed. So that oh, no. kind of broke my heart. Wow. No, you know, because I'm finally, you know, at the stage where I'm going to write this book. And, you know, I had gotten her phone number from some old coworkers probably like a couple of years ago. And, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm I'm at the stage where I'm finally going to write the book, but I'm, you know, I'm going to need her to illustrate it. And then when I got back and they told me she passed, I was just, like, crushed. So, right. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. 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 Right. So, and, and so uh, what's going to be um, – what's the concept with the, with the children's book? Like, what is it going to be um, – what is it going to be about? I don't want to sound clichéish. I don't even know if that's a uh. word, clichéish. But um, it's a self-esteem book for little black girls. And, and I had this idea, like, years ago, and I just never jumped on it. But now, like, you know, when I go in the bookstores, I see that there are a lot of books for little African-American girls, like boosting their self-esteem. I actually bought right. one yesterday. And that's, um, and that's something that we need We need now, you know, more more than ever. That's something that we need now, you know, more than ever is uh, esteem build, building um, for, for black women and for, for little black girls. Um, yeah, so yeah that's I think it starts when you know when they're off. little girls and they're in school and their friends are, oh you so black or tar baby you know all these names that children get called and it it does something to the psyche and that filters over into their adulthood. But I'm right. I'm using my granddaughter as the main character, and I just I I went to an African American um, book lovers. Expo, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. So I did get contact information for two illustrators. I just have to um, reach back out to them and, you know, see if they can capture the images first of all, because I, I want the, the pictures in the book to look like the pictures that I have. And then the concept uh, yeah, is, I, I don't want it to. I don't want the concept to be like everybody else's book, because I, I bought another book at the Expo um, from this wow. author that I had met on Facebook because we had both had our book signings at Nubian Bookstore, and right. um, his book is kind of on the same subject. You know, I don't want anybody to think that I'm I'm stealing from them, but you know, I <laughs> I already had this concept years ago, and I actually I had right. written the book a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but then like I I wanted to change the whole story around because the book was going to be called right. The Littlest Angel and then I was like right. no I don't want to do that so I changed like the whole storyline around but I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm stealing their idea because I, I actually right. had this idea a long time ago and just never moved forward right. with it right right Um. so uh, I wanted to ask you um, other than that, because you, do you have a book that 
I, I think I heard you mention a, a book that you um you had wrote before before this this one you have published now the the unrelationship book. Yes, I, I wrote um, Tales from My Life, Not the Crypt was the first book, and then the unrelationship mm-hmm. book was the second book. Okay, so so the one now that's your third. This your third book. Oh, okay, well that that's what's up. Now let me ask you this. I know this kind of off topic, but what are your thoughts? Um, I'm gonna let you answer this before you get out of here. What are, What are your thoughts on um, on Tony uh, Tony Tony Tommy Sotomayor? Are you, are you aware of him? You know, like I used to see a lot of your posts about him because I really don't like follow him. So I really don't know a lot about him other than you know what I've seen you post. Right. So oh, I okay. really I can't really say I have you know <laughs> an opinion right. on him. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna put this out there. I am black. I'm proud to be black, and I only love black men. So there is nothing right. no other right. race of men could do for me. <laughs> right. I can't. I mean, I can't. I, I can't argue with you there. You know, we 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 are exceptional. You know, we're exceptional. But um, okay, so I I, <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, appreciate you coming by. And, and me and you actually are going to be, um, you know, getting together and trying to, you know, uh, you know, do something. To maybe maybe uh, collaborate on a on a book or a series of poems. Because you know, I I started getting into into doing. Um, poetry uh you know very recently and it's like you mentioned earlier like the the thoughts just come to you and yeah. it's like when they come to you you just have to have something uh a piece of paper and a pen so you can write it down like quick because you know in an instant it'll be gone like yep. you'll lose the whole concept and the whole way you wanted to lay it out and and stuff like mm-hmm. that so so yeah um so I, I appreciate you coming by giving us your time um, just give everybody the, the the name of your of your book again and and where it can be uh it can be purchased and and stuff like that. Okay, my latest book is Poetry for Your Soul. You can purchase it on my website, and I would first like for you to go to my website to purchase the book. Um, my website is Atkins A T K I N S M, as in Michelle four five dot week. That okay. What you say? Because I'm trying to do it now. It's it's Atkins. You said yes. A T A T K I N S M. Okay. Forty five. Okay. Dot wix. W i x. Dot com forward slash c dash Michelle dash Atkins. And then make sure you go to that third page and mm-hmm. subscribe. That's the contact page and subscribe to my website. Okay. So it's Atkins M forty five dot Wix W I X dot com forward slash C Michelle. Well C dash Michelle dash Atkins. Okay. I know C- it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. C dash <laughs> Michelle Dash, Dash Atkins. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming by, and and like I said, we'll be um, me, you and I will be getting together and um, and you know, collaborating and stuff like that. And um, I just I, I like I said, I, I appreciate appreciate you for the time, and 
Um, look forward to you, you, you know, tuning in and maybe calling and commenting on, on certain issues in the future. Okay, I sure will. And okay. one more thing. Uh, so you have a good night. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, one more thing before we get that poem, Selfish, is also on YouTube. So I did. Oh, it's on YouTube? Do it on YouTube. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm going I'm to look that up. Um, to, to look it up, what we have to put in? Just just put in, um, um, I mean, I'm, I'm you subscribed can, on your YouTube page. Yeah, so you can just go to my channel and you'll see it. It's Cassandra Atkins. Okay. Cassandra Atkins, and then I think it has C. Michelle, the purple poet. But you just put in Cassandra Atkins, you'll find it. All right, so thank you so much. Okay, thank you for having me. All right. Okay, you all have a good night. You too. too. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was uh, Michelle, the Purple Poet. Um, But uh, I just want to make this announcement that next week we're going to have an interview, and that's probably going to be – uh, majority of the show It's going to be an interview with Dr. Randy Short um, He's a civil rights And human rights activist um, He's well known In the human rights and civil rights activist community He's featured on RT News A lot um, And so we're just going to be you know, getting his thoughts On current events um, Those things that happened with uh, That happened with um, Mugabe for instance The coup that, that took place in Zimbabwe Uh a week or so ago, so I just wanted to make that announcement. Um, we got five, five minutes till the till the show ends. Um, you have any any parting thoughts on um, on the the rise of sodomirism, um, Kenya? Um, I mean, people just need to be the change they want to see. We all look at other people right. and say what they are doing wrong, but you know, we are not necessarily reflecting what we expect others to, you know, live up to in our own lives. And that's, you know, that's crazy. You cannot expect right. more than you are willing to put into something. Everybody wants everybody right. else to have high standards and to, you know, be the gatekeepers of morality, you know, but right. then they themselves want the freedom to behave any kind of way for as long as they want until, you know, they feel like, you know, maturing and then living a completely different lifestyle. <clears throat> but the problem with that right. is that, you know, at any given time, there are a lot of people who are still not through that phase. So, you know, right. until we all, both genders, make a commitment to, as adults, live the way we say we expect other people to live, then, you know... <laughs> Outside of actually doing that, we're just blowing smoke up each other's butts. Right. That, that, you know, and you're right because the whole time while you're while you're um, engaging in uh, in that behavior, you're uh, you're contributing to to those destructive forces that have helped to to get our our families and our communities in this um, you know in this quagmire. Right. Right. And so, you know, like I said, we have um we have two minutes left and you know, and like I said, the the, the show is isn't isn't about um bashing 
uh, a black man. It's it's, it's called Liberators Radio Show, not the Great Male Bashers Radio Show. So I just wanted to put that out there because a few um you know a few episodes have been been you know uh, male bash heavy. I hate to use that you know those words, but it's just from you know operating in a, in in the context of the climate of black women. And and like I said, for some reason, it's you know it's popular to be anti-black woman in this day and age, even even by other other black women. It's something that's you know that's very popular, and it has to be challenged. Right. All right. So, but like I said, we look forward to that. We look forward to to the interview with Dr. Randy Short um, mm-hmm. next week. Um, it's like I said, it's going to be a it's going to be a lit show. He he's someone who's who's uh very intelligent. He's highly educated. He's historically um astute, and the brother is on top of it. So we look forward to that. And um, you know, I, I think it was a good show. We touched on a lot of the you know the things that we wanted to highlight with the rise of 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 sodomirism, and it's important to to call uh, that behavior that behavior out. So you know, uh, Kenya, I'll let you go ahead and, and, and close out the you know close out the show, um, uh, you know, because I've I've given my thoughts for the most part um, on the topic. So I, I'll let you take the reins with, with closing the show out. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to tune in um, for our next show, and you know, do your part to make Black America great again. Right, make Black America great again. Uh, Give everybody a a Godspeed for tuning in and, and, and good night. Good night.